50 yards. Turn right on Main Street. Continue on Main Street. On second thought, go directly to Tim Hortons. Order any freshly baked bagel and Philadelphia cream cheese for just $1.99. Like the new Asiago bagel with chive and onion cream cheese. Recalculating route to your nearest Tim Hortons. Change up your morning routine with a bagel and cream cheese from Tim Hortons. Now, just $1.99. At participating U.S. restaurants for a limited time. Blog Talk Radio. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? The first step to better health is making a decision to be healthier. On tonight's episode of Call Me Crazy, we discuss how to use the law of attraction to lead a healthier life. So grab a drink and a snack and settle in for 60 minutes of I honestly believe that there's a lot of power in manifesting our life experience. What you think about, you bring about. It sounds kind of crazy. I'll be real honest. The law of attraction is a law of physics. It works whether you believe it's working or know it's working in your life or not. Oftentimes, and I think that this is what happens in our world a lot, is that people, instead of focusing on what they want in their life and what is going to make them happy in their life, they focus on the lack of what they want. They focus on the fact that they don't have what they want. The law of attraction, the law of deliberate creation, the law of allowing. I am that which I am, a changing thing indeed. And while I am that which I am, I am willing to allow all others to be that which they are. There is power in each of us being who we are, sharing our authentic selves, even when we think we're going to get scrutinized, even when we think people might think we're crazy, this is where my hashtag call me crazy came from, because I'm okay with that. Because what I live for is why I'm a broadcaster, my dreams, my passion. You're sprightly, so you have a great personality. <laughs> Somebody who has a spark is sprightly. That's the law of attraction. How can we love the world into a better place? And that sounds very woo-woo to a lot of folks. And the law of allowing is this idea that my allowing you to be who you are in no way prevents me from being who I am. And the reason that that works is because of the law of attraction. I get that there are going to be people who are like, what in the world are you talking about? (laughs) You have lost your damn mind. And that's totally okay. Hello, friends. It's Friday night. It's 8.30, and it's time for another episode of Call Me Crazy. This is Jennifer Miracle Best, and I'm here with Kristen Casey. And tonight, we are going to be talking about the law of attraction and our health. So for those of you who have been tuning in for the past several weeks, we've been talking all about the law of attraction. We started, I don't know, about a month or so ago with... Um, talking specifically about the law of attraction and then the law of deliberate creation and the law of allowing, all of which are a part of manifesting our lived experiences, which, of course, include our health. Of course. So that's going to be what we talk about tonight. Um, Tonight's show is pre-recorded, so you'll see, I don't know if you'll actually even see the number to call in or not, but if you do see that, know that it is pre-recorded. And so... um, you won't be able to call in tonight, but we usually do take calls if you call in so we can kind of talk about what's going on, take questions, um, have people share their experiences and whatnot. If you found us on Blog Talk Radio, we hope that you'll follow our profile so you can see our upcoming shows as they are posted. If you are on Facebook and you haven't followed us on Facebook, you can find our Facebook page at Call Me Crazy, um, and that's where we post reminders about upcoming shows and those kinds of things. So. With that, we be ready to jump into the law of attraction and health. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've got some of my own stories from what I've been seeing on social media and 
you know, people venting about their health, whether they're seriously sick, battling X, Y, and Z, or they feel like they're getting sick, and, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes I'm, you know, I'm a little, I do this, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't feel well today, and mm-hmm. I'm learning that uh, that's not a great thing to do, mm-hmm. and that's only bringing more sickness or um, an unhealthier version of myself. The more that we talk about it. Yeah, the more I'm talking about it, I'm I'm posting it on social media, you know, I say that I'm sick, what are some remedies, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, it's going around the office, and maybe I post it's going around the office, I'm not even sick yet, next thing I get sick. Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very... um, That's not a coincidence. No. It's not a coincidence, people. There's a very, um, there's a very fine line that we'll talk about um, between focusing because it's hard to it's hard to not be well and not talk about it at all right Mm -hmm. but there's a fine line about talking about being sick and talking about being well right yeah because I think a lot of people say I'm sick I just can't wait to get better and they don't realize that by saying I just can't wait to get better and by feeling that I just can't wait to get better then you're constantly going to be Waiting to get better. Right, because you're attracting the negative. I feel like, yeah, and so I, I don't. I think a lot of people don't realize that it 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 goes. It's all in all aspects of one's life. It is absolutely. I don't think people people yeah. definitely don't. Do you, know you mean the law of attraction? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That I don't think a lot of people realize that the law of attraction. I think a lot of people think, oh, the law of attraction is just about manifesting one's life experience and manifesting dreams and reality. They don't understand that it's in all aspects of your life, whether it's career, health, and wellness. Like they don't well, understand how to use it to feel better or increase one's health. Right. Stay healthy rather than constantly staying away from being unhealthy. Yeah, I think that a lot of folks think about the law of attraction as something that other people do. That too. Right, like, oh, well, I'm not into that. But yeah. the thing about it is... I don't believe in that. I'm not into that. Whatever. That doesn't work. That's woo-woo. You're crazy. (laughs) Whatever. But the fact of the matter is, like, it's working whether people know it is or believe it is or not. And so that's where a lot of times we've talked about, like, creating by default, right? Mm -hmm. We we miscreate. We create things that we don't want in our lives because we don't either don't believe that the law of attraction is a thing or we, um, you know, don't believe that, yeah, basically don't believe it. Don't think that it works. You know, it's not, it's a bunch of woo-woo. It's a bunch of whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about that fine line because it's, it is hard to, especially if you have a serious illness, right? Mm-hmm. Like if somebody has manifested a really serious kind of illness in their body, then it's something that it's, it's hard to not have your mind on it. Um, and it's hard to avoid people asking you about it, right? Like, oh, my gosh, how are you doing, right? So I think it's, um, it's a really tricky, there's a fine line about how to talk about it in a way that really focuses on getting well as yeah. opposed to focuses on perpetuating, as, as opposed to focusing on, you know, something per, that perpetuates the illness or the dis-ease, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. So with each show, we always like to kind of revisit um, at the beginning of the show, kind of what the law of attraction is, um, especially since we're talking specifically about the law of attraction tonight, um, the law of attraction, the law of creation, and the law of allowing. And so um, really quickly, the law of attraction is the most powerful law in the universe, and it is basically that energy attracts like energy. So 
and and this and everything is energy. So it's thoughts, words, actions, all of those things. They they attract like um, like thoughts or like like and, words. And like feeling things. is the most powerful. Yes, your emotion is your most emotion. powerful point of attraction. So even if you're talking, like if you're convincing yourself that something is going to be good or there's something else that you want, if you're feeling inside of the sense of panic or anxiety, like that, that's what the universe, that's the language the universe speaks, right, is your emotion. Mm-hmm. So whatever your emotion is, that's what's really truly speaking to the universe. So that's the law of attraction. The law of creation is this idea of ask, believe, and receive. So the idea of the law of creation is that there's this, um, kind of like a, a, an algebra formula, if you will, or maybe that's geometry. I don't know. I'm math, <laughs> math impaired. Um, but it, it's the idea that you have kind of a, a formula, and one part of the formula is asking or wanting or desiring, and the other part of the formula is um, believing or expecting or looking for it to, to, to happen in your life. And when you are able to strike a, a nice balance of desire and belief, then it must manifest in your life. Now, that's the trickiest part for us is to balance that and to, have to balance our, our want with our belief. Most times, I think we more often than not manifest things in our lives either through a really, really strong wanting and a little bit of belief or mm-hmm. a big not, a, a, a very, very small wanting or not wanting not, I think that's a strong belief. So, for example, if you're really, really wanting something, one of the examples that's given is like, if you're, you know, a mother who's in a situation where her child is stuck under a car and, you know, because of her desire and her will, like she lifts the car off of the ticket, right? She'd never believe she could do that. If, if she was told hypothetically, you know, you, if you were in an accident and your kid was stuck under a car, could you lift it? Of course she wouldn't believe she could lift it. But no. in the moment, the, the passion, the wanting, the, you know, that um, she wants to, she wants to, you know, lift that car off of that child so, so much that she's able to do it. On the other hand, um, if you have something that you really don't want, but you expect it, and one of those examples is often a health situation. So maybe you, you know, don't want to get ill or you don't want cancer is a good example. And I've used that before. My dad died of cancer when he was 38. So, you know, doctors and everybody else, statistics, everybody tells me that, that I might end up with cancer because my dad died of cancer at 38. Obviously that's not something I just told you to expect that. Well, the doctors tell you, like I was told I need to have a colonoscopy 10 years before the date of my, like before the age of the death of my dad. So my dad was 38. So by 28, I needed to have my first colonoscopy and I need to have one every five years after that to make sure that I haven't inherited this. So yeah, so the expectation is you have, your odds are that you're going to end up like your dad, right? So they plant that seed. And so in that situation, obviously I don't want to get cancer, but I might really expect it because I had this traumatic experience where my dad died at 38. Nobody in our family had ever been sick with cancer. It was the first Mm -hmm. one. And he got sick in June and died in November. So that's like a really traumatic, that could have really set me up for, and and for a long time it did. I, I often like worried about like, will I live to be 39? Mm-hmm. Like my dad probably didn't expect that he would mm-hmm. be gone by the time he was 38. Right. And so, um, so yeah, so that's another example of, and I feel like more often than not, we often create one way or the other. We either create because our wanting is so strong and we may not have as much belief as we need, but we have such a, a strong wanting that it, it, it manifests mm-hmm. or, we have so much expectation, and usually those are things that we don't want, right, yep. um, that 
we manifest those things as well. So that's the, the law of creation. Um, and then the law of allowing is the idea that, one, that you allow the things to come into your life that you want. Like when, once you um, want them and you expect them, you allow them to kind of, you have to, it's kind of like we've said this lots of times before, but some people say, let go and let God, right? Mm-hmm. Like you kind of want for something, you let it go and just trust that the universe or God or the creator, whomever is going to bring it to you. And then when it comes into your life, don't question <laughs> Just take it and be grateful, right? So that's the law of allowing. But the law of allowing also, also is more about the idea of allowing everyone to be who they are. So the way I paraphrase it is my allowing you to be who you are in no way prevents me from being who I am. And so one of the things that Abraham Hicks talks about when they talk about allowing Mm -hmm. is one who is allower is one who lets others choose poverty and have it and lets other people choose illness and have it. Like, because ultimately at the heart of like the law of attraction, the law of deliberate creation, the whole thing is we are all creating our own lived experiences, whether we're aware of it or not, whether we believe it or not, we are creating everything that happens in our lives. So if I create illness in my life because I worry all the time or I, you know, expect that I'm going to get cancer, right, or I talk all the time about my dad, right, I talk all the time or I say, oh, gosh, I hope I don't get sick. My dad died when he was 38. You know, I hope that doesn't happen to me. Like if I constantly, constantly, constantly talked about that and and more importantly really felt it, like really Mm -hmm. feared it, because I've certainly talked about my dad passing, but I have never, especially since I got beyond 38, um, I have never really had a true fear that I might end up with that same disease. Like, I've done the things that the doctors have told me, but I never had this feeling of, like, oh, my gosh, I hope I don't get sick. I don't know why. I just never, for me, it never felt like that. But I know for a lot of people it does. Was that before, was that always even before you learned, no, learned about the, the law, yeah. universal laws? Yeah, even before you I knew about the law. Were you practicing that and didn't even know about the universal laws? No, I, it was, no, I didn't know about the law of attraction, but I, I just never really experienced that strong fear. I mean, I'm sure I did maybe right after he passed away. Um, but I, and, and of course, like as I got closer to 38, but I didn't, it was never a true like worry for me. Okay. You know what I mean? You know how things sometimes cross your mind, but something's really like really weigh on your heart or your, your, you can't your mind and you can't, yeah. And you fear. No matter how yeah. hard you try to think it away. Yeah. I just never really had that experience about being sick um, with that. So so going back to what Abraham said about, you know, you know you're truly an allower when you can allow others basically to create their lived experience and let them be in that lived experience and not experience the sense of, oh, those poor people or, you know, oh, it's, so, you know, like not feeling sadness, like recognizing that people who are having negative experiences in some way, shape, or form attracted that into their life, whether they were aware of it and did it intentionally or not, which most people never, you know, you don't intentionally attract negative things into your life. Nobody does that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it happens, and it happens based on, you know, how we're creating. So, so law of allowing is a big piece of this because, um you know, especially when we have people in our families, maybe, or people who are close to us who are really, really ill. Uh, one of the things that we talked about when we talked about the law of allowing is this idea of when you are commiserating mm-hmm. with someone or really, really empathizing about all the negative things in their life, whether it's health or money or, you know, whatever, you're feeding that energy and you're helping them to miscreate. You're helping them to continue to 
attract the negative things that they're upset and venting about, mm-hmm. right? So it's important, um, you know, as somebody, if you're supporting someone who's ill, it's important to not engage them in a conversation about how ill they are, right? It's important to engage them more in a conversation about, you know, what's going on, what's going good in their life, or how are they feeling today? How good are they feeling? What's, what, how are they well? In which ways are they well? Because when you're ill, most, you know, it's a, time, it's, it's a rare situation where everything is wrong with you, right? Like if you're sick, it might be a stomach problem or it might be, you know, a breathing problem or it might be like it's, it's a specific thing. But it, usually, unless you're really, really close to not, you know, to, to death, there's something that's still healthy, like you're, you're healthy in some kind of way. And so, you know, when you're supporting someone who's ill, the best thing that you can do is have conversations about, you know, what's going well or what are you feeling good about? So don't focus on counting one thing that's making them ill. Yes. Focus on everything else that is healthy about them and going right in there. Absolutely. Life. And helping them to feel joy about, you know, whatever that is. Um, and so, so that is a little bit about specifically the law of allowing. Because mm-hmm. I think um, oftentimes we get, especially when people, <laughs> this is a good example for us, like, like when, like, people like you and I who are really starting to learn about the law of attraction and who are really trying to practice it in our lives and has seen it work. And then we want to help other people do it. And then they don't want, like they don't either (laughs) don't believe you or they don't understand it or they think it's a bunch of BS. Like you have to allow them to be where they're at about it. And so, um, you know, that can be, that can be tricky. Um, so I, I think that's a key piece to any of the manifesting is really allowing people to experience what they manifest in their life. doesn't mean you can't share with them, like, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't live your own experience as an example of how you can feel better or how you can have more, you know, or whatever the thing is that we're talking about manifesting. But you have to really allow people to be where they're at. It's not a good idea to commiserate. Right. You know, it's a better idea to help to inspire them or aspire, help them to aspire to being healthier or to being, you know, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like having more abundance or, you know, whatever the thing is that they're, that they're down about. So, um, so that's a, a quick recap about kind of like the law of attraction, the law of deliberation, and how it all works. Um, one of the things that I want to say before we jump really deep into the health stuff is that this, is, this information is not in any way to negate the power of med, med, Western medicine, yeah. right? Like it's not to say <laughs> don't go see medicine, a doctor. Right? <laughs> exactly. This is not to say don't go see a doctor, don't take care, you know, like don't take any medication. That is absolutely not the point of the conversation. The point of the conversation, you know, every healing modality kind of has its merits. Mm-hmm. Like it all has its, you know, its, its worth. And at the same time, the power of the mind and the law of attraction um, can help to enhance any kind of healing that yeah. you're doing. It might not be a cure. Absolutely. They talk about that in these articles. Mm-hmm. Healing and curing are different two things. different things. Mm-hmm. Not to say that you can't cure yourself Absolutely. of an illness with, with, with or without the law of attraction, mm-hmm. but it definitely will speed up the process. For sure. Help one. Um, become healthy if they're unhealthy and increase their health mm-hmm. if they already think that yeah. they're healthy. And so here, that's the thing. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute, right? And we've had this conversation many mm-hmm. times about what is the harm, yeah. right? Here's the thing. So that that's the best part about this is that 
it can do no harm. Like, it literally can do no harm. It can only help your situation, whether we're talking about health, whether we're talking about prosperity, whether we're talking about relationships. Like, literally, practicing the law of attraction can only enhance the situation. If you're doing it right, like, if you're doing it effectively, yes, people are so skeptical. People are so skeptical. the thing is, like, worst-case scenario, if it doesn't work, and if and you're, things, if things, things are not better, change what you're doing. Right. That was a big thing for me. I knew all throughout my twenties is that I would constantly post statuses about people would tell me all the time, if you want things to change, you gotta stop yeah. doing the same thing that you're doing. Expecting like, different what results. you're yeah. doing isn't working. Right. So you need to change it up a little bit. Right. And like I said, you know, worst case scenario, like the whole point of the law of attraction is to think positively, right? You have focus to. on the positive. Focus on the positive. Find your joy. Because the idea is that the energy that you engage with is the energy you put out to the universe, and that's what you attract more of. So if you sit in this place of, oh, I feel terrible, I've got a headache, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, I've got an earache, and you're just focusing on everything that is possibly wrong with your body, and then tomorrow you wake up with something else that's wrong, you manifest that itch. Right, absolutely. And (laughs) whether you want it to or not, or you meant to or not. Right. Things just don't happen without you talking about them or feeling about them. Well, and my point, though, to all of that is, so maybe you do feel sick. Maybe you do have a headache. Maybe your back does ache. Maybe you do have an earache. Maybe you, whatever the thing is. The point is that if you're feeling that way, if your body is not well, and you make the effort to focus on what is well, right? Maybe before you go to bed, you make a list of everything you're grateful for. Maybe in the morning or maybe when you lay down, you visualize yourself waking up feeling amazing. Maybe, like, these are all different ways, and we're going to get into kind of some more specific things about what you can do for your health. But these are just some suggestions, right? Being, you know, making a list of the things you're grateful for raises your vibration of your energy and it causes you to attract things that are more positive, you know, envisioning yourself feeling better. Like your brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's envisioned. Like it doesn't know the difference. So when you start to envision yourself feeling great, waking up feeling refreshed and feeling, you know, pain free, you're planting that seed, like you're putting that out there, and your body will start to conform because it doesn't know what's real and what's not. And that's the power of the mind, right? So, but my point, my whole point to this whole thing is if you're not feeling well and you decide, you know what, I'm going to try this BF, right? It sounds crazy, sounds woo-woo, like I'm supposed to heal myself. Oh, okay. I'll just think myself better. Okay. (laughs) But here's the thing. The worst case scenario is you wake up and you feel the same way you did before, right? Best case scenario is maybe you feel a little bit better. Maybe you feel a little bit, a bit better because you've, you've laid down and you've thought to yourself, oh, I've got a lot to be grateful for. Like maybe your body still hurts. Maybe you still wake up with pain, but you feel better about the things you're grateful for, right? Like, like what is the worst? Like, there's nothing negative that can happen. Like, it can't get worse. Like, you cannot make the situation worse. But people don't think or don't realize that you can think and feel yourself to be better. Yeah, but that's not even the point. The point is, so what, maybe you feel, maybe you wake up and you don't feel any better physically. My point is, you don't feel any worse. Like, there are some people who won't even try this. There are some Mm -hmm. people who won't even engage in it because they're like, that's crazy. I can't just think myself better. It's not just going to go away, Right. 
But my point is, you feel like shit now. You're not going to feel any worse. Right. That's my point. Like, you feel like shit now. And what I'm telling you is free, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's research that shows that the mind is a very powerful thing. One of the things that when we were doing research for the show that I came across that I was reminded of, it makes sense, is the placebo effect. Surely you've heard of the placebo mm-hmm. effect, right? So the placebo effect is this idea where you have, you know, you're, when you're testing medications or whatever, and you have two groups of people, and they're both given medications, and one of them is the real medication, and one of them is a placebo, which means it's just yeah. like a sugar pill. It doesn't yeah. do anything. But the, the participants aren't told which is who's getting what. And what they found is that people who got the placebo had just as much results in terms of getting well as the people who got the actual medication because because they thought they were getting the medication. And they were going to get better. Yes, they thought they were going to get better because they were giving medication that they thought was going to make them better. So that there is research after research after research that shows that the mind, that is a testament to the power of the mind. They were giving nothing other, nothing other than the thought that they were going to get better. That's all they were given. They, in medication they were given, it wasn't medication. It was, it was just a placebo. And so that alone shows that you can, you know, it, it may not, um, you know, again, it might not cure you, right? If you've got cancer, you may not be able to just think I'm going to get better and you get better, yeah. although there have been stories of Start. people who have, right. But it will absolutely speed up the process, as you were saying. Like if you're getting treatment, if you're getting chemo, you're getting radiation, you're getting some kind of treatment, your mind is also helping to heal the body by envisioning it healthy and by envisioning feeling better and all of those things. So, so that's my point. My, my point is like there are some people who are so just resistant and adamant about it, and it's just it's mind-boggling. To I don't me want to try it because way. yeah, it's mind-boggling to me because it, it, what is the harm? What is the, what is the harm? What is the worst case? What is the worst thing that could happen? You waste 10 minutes at night before you go to bed counting the things you're grateful for, if you want to call that a waste. Like, that, you know, th- those things can help attract lots of different things in your life, not just your health, right? Mm-hmm. If you, you do the, the gratitude because it increases your vibration, so it helps you to attract good things in your life in every direction. So anyway, that's, I guess I get off my soapbox about that. But my point is, like, you know, there's going to be people who say, oh, that's crazy, that doesn't work, that's woo-woo, whatever, and that's cool, and what's the harm, right? Like, well, why? Well, that's just harm? like when people say, I don't want to ask for this, that, and the other, because I already know the answer is going to be no. Right. Well, you're already at no, and the answer is always going to be no if you don't ask, but if you do ask, by gosh, the answer could be yes. It's like yes. Quoting our friend Nikki Tobias, you're at no now. Yeah, you're at no now. You're at no now. That's right. And you might as well just, just, just ask. Right. right. Like, what what's the worst that, that could happen? What is the harm? What Absolutely. Is the harm? Absolutely. So anyway, that is my disclaimer about, you know, I don't want anybody to hear us saying that you don't need a doctor, you don't need medication, you can just think yourself better. And that's not saying that. What we're saying is these are some practices that can absolutely help to accelerate your healing. Um, and so that's the whole point. Um, so we're going to kind of talk about this and, and we kind of broke this up in sections, but as we, you know, as we really looked at it, a lot of it is a lot of the same advice really, Mm -hmm. but, um, we kind of broke it up into like preventing illness and dis-ease, which I'm going to talk about that word in a minute. Um, and then healing the body. So if you are, if you do have some kind of illness or dis-ease in the body, and then the idea of, like, pre-paving for exceptional health. 
So maybe you don't have any illness or disease in your body that you're aware of, um, but you really want to move in the direction of, you know, having exceptional health of like really planting that seed that, you know, you're going to live to be 120, like we were made to live to. Yeah, um, that, or you're going to start planting seed of, I'm going to start eating butter, so right. I can actually start losing right. some weight, and I'm going to Absolutely. plant the seed of, I'm going to go to the gym X amount of days a week so I can get stronger, Yeah. so my body can stay healthier, live longer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, so let's talk first really quickly about the word disease. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the word disease is D-I-S-E-A-S-E, which if you separate that with a little hyphen, it's dis-ease. And they talk about that in the film The Secret mm-hmm. um, and this idea of that your body is, like, not at ease. And it's this ease is created the most common cause of illness. And I would venture to say maybe, like, again, I don't know that I have the – the research to back this up. But I would almost say probably the sole cause of illness and dis-ease in the body is stress. Like that's where it all starts. Yes. Because this is why. Going back to this idea that we're all energy Mm -hmm. and that we attract and create and manifest things in our lives, in order for our bodies to be able to attract illness or dis-ease, there has to be some kind of negative energy. And that negative energy is stress. Any kind of stress on your body. If there's no stress on your body, if there's no stress, if you're not experiencing stress, how do you feel when you don't feel stressed? Just elated and joy. Right. And, you know, carefree. Right? Yeah, carefree, carefree, and that things are just going right, and you're just waiting for the next thing to go right. Right. Or the next amazing thing to come into your life. So you don't even, that thought about illness. Or I'm yep. unhealthy or sick or I'm surrounded by it doesn't even really well, but here's the come thing. in the world. Here's the thing, though. Like we've talked about before, you don't need the thought. Right. So the feeling doesn't it's the feel feeling. to your right. Body. So I may be somebody who doesn't think about being sick ever. Like I never think about being sick. I'm in perfect health. I'm great. I play tennis twice a week. And I, you know, I run and I do whatever. And I'm great. But I also work 80 hours a week. And you know, have three kids and I'm divorced and remarried and we've got all this family and we're like running in five million directions and right. And it all feels good. Like it's, Oh yeah, things are great on the surface. But ultimately if one were to stop and slow down or try to slow down, right. Like there's that stress that's happening. Like you feel like you got to be in all these directions. Like you need five of you. Yeah. This person and things that. Yeah. Take this kid here and take, and all you're doing is just worrying about, Who's going to get where, when they're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Like, is my work, you know, I can only be at the office 80 hours a week. So i got 120 hours right. of work to do. Yes. And so you're worrying about everything right. not getting done and everybody not getting where they need to get to. Right. And, and one may not be even be conscious. Yeah, you may not even be feel like, oh, my God, I'm so stressed out, right? Like, you may not feel like that. There's a lot of positive things that they say are really stressful. Like they make a list of like the top five most stressful things you can do in life, right? One of them is to move, right? Right? But that's not always a bad thing. Like sometimes you're moving from a house to like maybe you're dreaming, moving into a dream house, mm-hmm. but it's still stressful because there's a lot going on, right? Um, one is one is getting married, right? Yeah. Like that's not a negative thing. Nobody's like, oh, I'm getting married. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, most people are like, yeah, I'm getting married, but there's a lot of stress 
yeah. that comes with planning the wedding, that comes with maybe like finally moving in together if you don't live together before you get married. Like there's all my fiance said wedding planning is stressful. Right. But it doesn't it have, doesn't to, have to be. Right. No, it's just a stressful thing. I said you're making this stressful <laughs> by saying that it's a stressful and thing. To be fair, statistics would support her statement. <laughs> right? Like they say one of the top five most stressful things you can yeah, do but you is bring it Exactly. Right. It's all yeah. about your frame of mind and, yeah. and your point of attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they say? Changing jobs. Okay. That's a stressful thing, right? Again, might be for the better. Like you, you're getting a promotion. You're going to a new job. This is a good thing. But there's stress that comes with that. There's learning. There's, you know, like all of you know, high management, new environment, learning your people. So, like, my point is that stress comes, although it's a negative feeling, it's a negative thing, it comes with things that aren't necessarily always negative. And so that's why I think it's so important for us to take time to breathe, like literally to take time every day, even if it's just five minutes or 10 minutes, like you have to take the time every day to like sit down and like that whole thing that they say in the conversations with God book, go within or you'll go without, right? Mm -hmm. You have to sit down unplug from the rest of the world, you know, kind of go internally, focus your energy in, into the inner, like inner you, connect with spirit, universe, God, whatever you call it. And like that is a moment, you know, that the, that kind of thing is how you distress. Like mm-hmm. that's how you reconnect. And so many people in our world now don't do that. Like even no. I'm not good about doing that every day. I don't meditate every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, again, it doesn't have to be a 30-minute meditation every day. You know, maybe it's just five minutes in the morning before you even get out of bed. Maybe it's just right? working out. Too. Right. I know but that's yeah. going for a run. Yes. And... But, th- but taking that time yeah. to disconnect from the rest of the world and to really connect with yourself. I think people would feel, I think a lot of people feel selfish doing that mm-hmm. because they feel like they got to go to the sex appointment. Like if they take five minutes for themselves then they're not running to their next meeting or they're mm-hmm. not going here. Somebody else needs them and they forget that in order for that person to need them and them to be there for that person, they've got to take five minutes to be there for themselves. And that's one of the primary things that Abraham Abraham Hicks talks about when they talk about the law of attraction and the law of creation because um, they actually literally talk about the word selfish and how people, you know, feel like it's selfish for them to focus on what they want or what their, you know, what their needs are or whatever. And they say, like, it's literally up to you. Like, each person creates their own lived experience. So if you do not focus on yourself and what you want, no one else can do it for you. Mm -hmm. I can't attract for you. You can't attract for me. Mm -hmm. So if I don't take the time to check in with myself, to, you know, reflect, to connect with spirit, to, you know, center my intentions on what I want for my life, I'm just going to get whatever comes to me, whatever is influenced in my life. I'm going to get whatever you know, it's fed to me, like, you know, wherever my attention, if, if my attention is going to whatever, whoever's the loudest or whoever's, you know, waving their arms, like, if I, my attention is just going on to everything else in my life, I'm never going Some to. Some people just call that life. Exactly. What's supposed to happen. Exactly. And that's unfortunate. I know. Because then, but you're, you're kind of going through life. And yeah. Like and then, well, you're going through life, you're not getting what you want, and then you're complaining about the fact that you're not getting what you want, and then you're saying, well, that's just how it is. So it's like this vicious, miserable circle when really we all have the power within us to attract the things and to manifest the things we want in our life, including our health. So, sorry, we kind of got on a tangent, but my point was that 
you know, I believe that one of the primary causes, if not the only cause of disease is stress. Because if, when you have no stress, then you have no negative emotions. You have no everything like center is, point. Yeah, you have just joy. If there's no stress, that means there's no fear, there's no worry, there's no panic, there's no sadness, there's no depression. Like stress is kind of almost like the word fear, right? Mm-hmm. It's like anything that's related to stress is negative. So if you have no stress, then you have nothing but positive vibration. And if you have nothing but positive vibration, then you cannot attract illness. So it's really, really important to de-stress as much as you possibly can. You know, and it, some might say, well, it's impossible to completely eradicate stress. Well, that, yeah, Maybe. I mean, I was just told the other day, like, oh, I'm just supposed to go through life thinking everything is positive and all hunky-dory and sunshine and rainbows, and I'm just supposed to walk through life being all positive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the harm? Well, that's the thing. And so here, this goes <laughs> back to the law of allowing, too. Yeah. Because I think that they talk about, well, how am I supposed to think everything is just, you know, rainbows and puppy dogs when they're you know, are terrible things happening in the world or, you know, people don't have everything they need and some people are living in poverty and some people are living in, you know, some people have a million dollars and some people have zero dollars, you know. And that's the, that's the importance of understanding the universal laws and understanding how the law of attraction works because if you understand how people are getting what they're getting, then you don't have to feel badly about who's got what, Right, you just allow them. They to allow them live their right. experience and share it. Right, like you can live your life as an example of like how you're getting what you're getting is because you know how you're getting what you're do- getting and you're intentionally setting your focus on what you want and how to get it. And when people want more, you know, if people don't have what they want, then they're going to see people who do have what they want and they're going to say, "I want that," you know. And they might like it's how you kind of set the example and, and, and inspire people to have what they want. So everybody has the opportunity to manifest for themselves. And when you understand that, then we don't have to feel badly about people not having what they need. And it doesn't mean that you can't help other people get what they want. Like, you know, they talk about that. But but when you help people get to what they want, the importance is being focused on the solution and not on the problem. Mm -hmm. It's like I talked about, when when you meet somebody who's really ill, when you sit and talk about how sick they are and how terrible it is and how it's ravaged their body and this and that and the other thing, all you're doing is perpetuating the illness. But if you're focused on, you know, oh, wow, you know, how to get better, right? Like maybe, you know, I've read something about, you know, a certain food that's really good for you if you have a particular illness or, you know, like, like this is kind of, this has helped me right? Mm-hmm. Sharing like this is, I was really sick and this is what I had and this really helps me. And focusing on the solution instead of, oh my gosh, I know I was sick too and it was terrible, right? Well, because yeah. then you're also attracting the negative back to yourself. To back to yourself. Well, yeah, I mean, here's a perfect example. So I took my future mother-in-law, you know, my fiance's mom to um, a pulmonologist appointment mm. yesterday. And it was, it was nice to be there for her in that way. She was so appreciative of it. And I, I think it was a way for us to spend some quality time mm-hmm. outside of her house, too, sure. because I've never, I don't think I've ever gone out there outside of her house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I drove over there and we chit-chatted a little bit. And it was interesting because on the way there, there was a car accident. Oh, no. Flipped over car. Oh, gosh. And all she kept saying on the way there is, oh, my gosh, I worry for those people and I worry for my daughter. And so I'm trying to backpedal out of this place. And I'm like, well, you know, it only brings you like more 
sickness and illness in your life, and she has a lot of health problems due mm-hmm. to her past. So we get there, and I listen to everything, and I hear what's going on. So I know for my own sake, and I really – a lot of you really tune in how unhealthy she is. Uh-huh. And on the way back, we had this whole con- – on the way to go get her prescription now, um, I really – she was like, wow. She was like, I really wanted to come off. She's on oxygen. Mm-hmm. She was like, I really wanted to come off, off oxygen right here and right now. But I heard that there's still an opportunity for me to come off of oxygen. There still is not? Or there is still an opportunity. Okay. The doctor pretty much told her it's too early to tell if you need it for the rest of your life or not. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. damage has been done from smoking, but here are some things that we can do to slow down the damage, and it's still too early to tell if mm-hmm. you need to be on oxygen. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, you know what? The goal is for me to come off oxygen, and I know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And so on the way to CVS, I was like, you know, I, looked, I thought to myself, I even told her daughter, like, she seems in the, like, a spirit. But she was more worried about how her daughter was going to take the day mm-hmm. than her still being on oxygen. And right, right. she took her back to that worry place. Right, like, right. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. Right. And I had told her on the way to CVS, I said, at the end of the day, you need to start saying, I'm going to come off oxygen. Mm-hmm. This is what I need to do. And you should envision yourself of what it's going to feel like when you're off of oxygen. I'm going to breathe. Even better would be, I'm going to breathe freely. That's exactly what she like, said. Not She's even like, I'm going to breathe so much better. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to breathe so much better. It's going to be so amazing mm-hmm. to be able to breathe freely mm-hmm. on my own. Yes. And she goes, she was just, we were walking to CVS, and she was just talking about, man, you, you've got to be positive. Yep. And she goes, yep. life is way too short mm-hmm. not to. Mm-hmm. So even though she has this thing going on, she knows without a shadow of a doubt, and I believe her, mm-hmm. that she knows that it starts with the mind. It, it starts absolutely with the feeling does. of, I know what, I know the feelings that I have to generate. I know the emotions Mm -hmm. that I have to generate Mm -hmm. in order to be able to breathe freely again Mm -hmm. and prolong Mm -hmm. my life. Well, it makes me think, you know, and I want to get to um, the list, too, of things, but it makes me think there's an example in um, the the film The Secret, and it's a guy who was in a plane crash. Did did, did you watch The Secret? Mm -hmm. So remember the guy that was in the plane crash? They called him the Miracle Man because Mm -hmm. he was in a plane crash, and they basically told him he'd never walk it. Like, he lost, Mm -hmm. he he didn't have any, I think he was, like, quadriplegic. Like, he couldn't. He couldn't, they told him he'd never walk again, he'd never talk again, like all of this stuff. And he just started from like that day, he started trying, because they had him on a, a trachea, mm-hmm. like a air, um, what do you call that, like a trachea, trachea tube. Yeah. A breathing tube. And uh, they told him, I think they even told him he'd never breathe on his own. And he started, you know, that day, like he made up his mind, that's the first step, is making up your mind, making a decision, no, I am going to be better. And he literally started, like, trying to take deeper breaths on his own, even though he had this tube. Like, he'd start to, like, try to guess until it won, it, it, eventually he was breathing on his own. And that was that was the first miracle, because they were like, they never thought he'd be off, the, off of that. Like, he thought he'd be, like, whatever. So he focused on what he wanted, he focused made on his it, mind and, up, and, and started practicing it. Yeah, and he ended up walking out of that walking wow. out of that hospital, which is why they call him the miracle man. But it was just he set his intention of I'm going to be better, I'm going to beat this, I'm going to be okay. And now he walks and talks and he does speaking things and, you know, all that other stuff. But my point is, though, it made me think of your future mother-in-law mm-hmm. of that's something she could start practicing now. Like daily she could start 
like kind of doing some breathing treatments, you know, with the, like she could, because the doctor did say that while she was sitting and resting, yep. watching TV, that she could take the oxygen off. Yep. And really focus on her breathing, like start to like retrain you know, like, her. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to have to tell her that. I'm going to have to call her up and tell her that. I think she'd really appreciate that. She can totally do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, all good stuff. So, all right. So, preventing illness and disease. um, One of the things that we can all do to kind of prevent that from happening is practicing gratitude for all things, but especially for your perfect health. Mm-hmm. So we've already mentioned this a little bit in terms of like, you know, what people are so opposed to or using that as an example, but that is a perfect thing. So practicing gratitude. Some people like to practice in the morning. Some people like to practice at night. Some people like to do both, whatever, throughout the day. you know, throughout the day. Some people, there's um, such thing as a, like keeping a rock in your pocket called a gratitude rock. And so every time you happen to reach in your pocket and you feel that rock, you think of something you're, grat- you're grateful for. The whole point is that when we think of something we're grateful for, it increases our vibration. Like it makes you feel good, right? Like you can't Mm -hmm. think about something that you truly are grateful for without smiling or like Mm -hmm. feeling really, really good about it. My, uh, my best friend with her six or seven year old daughter um, practices that. And I've never even heard of this from a parent before Uh does, before they go to bed, it's a nightly ritual. I mean, mm-hmm. they do. It's called grateful. Yeah. And you know, she'll have her daughter sit on her lap, and they'll go over it throughout the day, like what they're grateful for from the day, mm-hmm. or what they're just grateful for in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great practice. It's a great practice. I did it um, for a while when I was in um, Athens. There was a time I don't know. I decided. I think it was like a New Year's thing. I decided that every night before I got to bed, I was going to write down one thing I was grateful for. It was like for. a New Year's resolution. Yeah. And it was like every night, and I kept in my journal. Every night, I wrote down one one thing a day. But I, and I and I lasted like six months before I finally felt why I fell off the wagon at that point. I don't know, but I think I got to somewhere in May. Um, um, but it is it's a great practice, and like I said, for the for the fact that you cannot, it's like it's like um, you can't. What is it they say? You can't laugh without smiling. Yeah, I think that was something gonna, like but I was going to say. You, yeah, you can't laugh without smiling, but I think it was like you literally can't smile without feeling better. Yeah. Like you can't genuinely smile and not, and not raise your vibration mm-hmm. a little bit. So it's the same thing with gratitude. And when you raise your vibration, you raise your point of attraction. And so that helps to, you know, fend off any negative, you know, negative vibration, which would attract illness. So if you're raising your vibration, you're feeling good then you're only attracting good things. You think, too, like when two people are, like, in an argument or in a fight or one person doesn't come here, so you're like, well, I'm not going to go to that person's thing because they didn't come to my things or, you know, I'm not. Like, that's harboring ill feelings mm-hmm. and you're only harming or doing, yep. like, it's know, like unhealthy what do they say? yourself. Yeah. Like, that because... person's walking around not even caring in the world and he, here you are harboring all these negative feelings and then, Next thing you know, six months goes down the line, and, like, you have this illness that you never even thought possible. Yeah. And they don't even know. They're so <laughs> mad at them. Right. They don't even know. Yeah. Right? Probably. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. It's like holding – they say holding a grudge is like poisoning uh, poisoning yourself and expecting someone else to die. Yeah. Or something like that. There's some kind of expression where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, holding a grudge is like – you're you're doing it to yourself. You're poisoning yourself, but you're expecting that it's going to hurt the other person, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's it's your own thing. So um so yeah, that's a good a good point. So gratitude, gratitude's a great 
daily practice, something you can do daily that helps raise your vibration. And um, anytime you are increasing your vibration and attracting more positive things, then that's less negative things you can track, including illness or disease. Um, the second thing was reducing stress, which we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talked about stress, I think, is probably the sole source of illness. And so um, if you can reduce that as much as possible um, and focus on the joy. So gratitude helps with focusing on the joy, right? Yep. Because you're thinking about all the things that you're happy, happy about, the things that you want more of in your life. Um, and reducing stress, there's lots of different ways to do that. You know, one of them is, you know, we talk about a little bit about um, changing your vibration, right? And that's not necessarily always the same thing as de-stressing, but it can be, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, working out. That's a really good way to change your vibration, and it can be a way to work the stress, work right the stress out. out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, music. Music. You know, some people relax with music, and it helps them to kind of let go of the worries for the day journaling, or whatever. Journaling, going on a car ride. Yep, journaling. Um, meditation is a mm-hmm. really great practice. Yoga is mm-hmm. another really great practice. Um and when all else fails, and you don't want this to become a habit, because oftentimes this is a symptom when you are depressed, people will sleep a lot. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you're just in a place and, like, nothing else is really working and, like, you're just really focused on something and you're really worried about it or you're really stuck in a place where you're stressed out about something, a nap mm-hmm. is something that they recommend because it's the best way to kind of shut down your mind. Like, if you can't do it through reading or you know, meditation or yoga or working out, like that still doesn't shut it down for you and doesn't shut it off, a nap surely will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a nap is a is a good quick um quick thing as well. And then um one of the other things we talk about as far as preventing illness and disease, and this also would work for healing the body as well. Um, as well as prepaving for exceptional health, is envisioning yourself and your body in perfect health and really believing that you are. So, again, rather than, rather than having this mindset of, because people can start to get to my age and they start thinking about, oh, it's getting old. Like, they, you know, when they don't feel good or they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sore because I, you know, worked out too hard or whatever. Like, the, it's like the, the, voices, the voices that we hear are, oh, well, that's because you're old. That's because mm-hmm. you're getting old. That's, how, that's what happens when you get old, right? That's what we hear. That's what happens mm-hmm. when you get old. You can't, you're not as mobile or, you know, you start to slow down or. Um, you don't have to be. Exactly. Old, but you think that but feel it, exactly. That's what's going to happen to Yes, you. exactly. And so that's why when I turned 40, my new hashtag became younger with age. Mm-hmm. Because this idea of like our bodies were created to live like 120 years. Like we just have to do right by our body. Yeah, absolutely. It's when I mean, think about my my husband's grandpa is going to be I think ninety three this year. Grandpa Vasily, ninety three years old. Fat man. First of all, to look at him, you wouldn't think he's a day over seventy. Yeah, like true. he looks amazing. He plays golf regularly. Mm-hmm. He bowls regularly. He drives himself. He lives on his own in a in a place by himself, like in his own house. So, and he's ninety three. You know, and he so he surely don't have the attitude of like, oh, well, that's what happens when you get old, mm-hmm. right? Because he'd have been gone a long time ago. Right. Um, and so I think it's really, really important the mentality. I think the other thing about Grandpa Best is he doesn't worry about things. Like he's like a duck. Like he just lets roll off, right? You know, like eh, yeah. not. Not my circus, not my monkey, right? Like, I'm not going to worry about stuff that doesn't pertain to me. He's like that kind and of it, guy, too. And, it, you know, that's how, that's a good way to distress, too, is don't worry about, that's not yours to worry about. A lot of people do a lot of that. Don't 
everybody else's business. But really, if we just took the time to worry about our own business, we'd be well enough busy, right? But, um, yeah, so I think that's, that's important, mm-hmm. too, is envisioning yourself in perfect health and really believing that you are and not buying into this BS that, you know, when you hit 40, everything falls apart because that's mm-hmm. just not how it works. Um, so another thing that I found in the article that I was reading that I thought was really interesting and, again, that people often dismiss is it said symptoms or ailments should be received with gratitude because they're a message that something needs to change. It's your yeah, body. I've read that. Yeah. It's your body communicating to you like something, something's, whoa. Like a redirect. Yeah. You need to do Yes. It's like, yep, you know, something you're doing is not quite right with my body. With your body, you need to be doing something different. It's, it's calling your attention. Like a check. Mm-hmm. It's just calling your attention to it. But so often, again, we, we have a symptom and we think, oh, I'm just old. Right? Oh, I know I'm getting sick. Yep. Or I'm getting sick or, you know, like nobody, like we don't, we don't take it as like, oh. Hmm, I wonder why that's happening. I wonder what I can do to, you know, make that better, right? Or no, people will think and say, "Oh, I'm getting sick. I yep. guess I just got to ride out." Yep. And you know, I will. I'll wait a week, and mm-hmm. it doesn't go away. Then I'll go to the doctor's. The next, you know, three weeks goes by, and you're still not better because you just told yourself this whole time, "I'm just gonna wait out the symptoms." Like, right. I'm just. So well, you, you prepaved it with, yeah. If I don't feel better, I'm not gonna feel better. Then I'll go to the doctor. So you've already prepaved that into the future. Yep. Like, oh, okay, I'm getting sick. In a week, I'll go to the doctor, and you know, then I'll get some medicine, and I'll just and I'll ride it out. Like, I'll yeah. Sick. So you're you're telling your body all these things that you're going to do mm-hmm. before. A and week the body's like, happen. okay, that's what we're doing. Yep. Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay, that's yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. So yeah, so I think that's really important is seeing a symptom or an ailment, not as like, oh, well, that's just you know, I'm just getting old, or that's just you know, it was going around, I was bound to get it, you know, but just to be like, oh, I've got a symptom. I need to, I need to figure out how to do this differently. Yeah, change my thought process. Yeah, change, change my, my thought process. process. Change, maybe change my diet, right? Because yeah. sometimes it's the things we're putting in our body yeah. that maybe either we don't realize is not well, not good for our body, or we do realize it's not good for our body, but we don't care because we like the taste of it better, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, so I think that that was really interesting. Is really paying attention and being in tune, and you know, part of. The de-stressing, like the meditation, will help you to be more in your body and feel what's going on in your body. Yoga is another good way to really be in your body. If, if we listen to our bodies, our bodies communicate with us all the time about what we need, from everything from, like, what we're hungry for to, like, our bodies will crave the things we need if we pay attention to what it is we're craving. Um, and so we talked about... Um, we kind of talked about the placebo effect when you when we when we get to like healing the body. This idea of like really making a decision in your mind that you're going to be better, right? Like that can really make all the difference in the world. In addition to any treatment you might be getting for whatever it is that you're dealing with. Um, we also talked about the idea. We kind of touched on this about how if you're talking with someone or visiting with someone, you're doing them a disservice if you're commiserating and yourself and yourself, right? Because if you're commiserating about their negative illness you're building momentum for what they're attracting, what they've already attracted themselves, but you're now also engaging in that negative emotion. And so you're also attracting that to yourself as well. So it's really important if you're the one with illness, if you're the one that's feeling not feeling well or one with dis-ease, is to not, um, to like refrain from venting about it. Like putting on social media. Talking about it. 
I keep want I, I just want to get better. You know how many times I told my coworkers in the last six months, don't say I want to get better. See, I am getting better. Mm-hmm. Like have the feeling of you are mm-hmm. getting better. See, I'm and that that there was a story, a Joel Olstein story. It taught, he told a story about a woman going to the doctor who had not been well, and the doctor the in addition to I'm sure a prescription, but the doctor told her, I want you to go home and every single day, every time you think of it, I want you to say out loud, I'm getting better every day in every way. Ooh. Like just say it out loud every time you think of it. Every time you you could even do that every day and every way to like do preventative preventative all the time, yeah. And then you could even do that to to like benefit. Like you could be healthy, but mm-hmm. maybe you're trying to get stronger. So yep. you can say, I am getting stronger every day, every way. Yep, I'm getting better every day and every way. Yeah. So. It's this idea of rather than focusing on how sick you are and sharing with everybody every gory detail of how sick you are and how it's stage four cancer and how it's taking over your brain and like all of those details, no, don't focus on that. Focus on what you're doing to get well, what you're doing for your body, yeah, what you're doing with your family, the, the love that your family's showing you, that they're coming and taking care of you and that you're, you're able to spend such quality time, like really, really focusing on all of the good and things that you that you feel joyful about. Um, that's really, really important. And so that is also that fine line, which we mentioned we were going to get to and we're close to running out of time, but that fine line between focusing on the negative, focusing on the illness, and, the, and focusing on getting better. So one of the things they talked about is certainly you want to, you do want to be able to do research about how to get better, right? So they say, they suggest generally, you know, engaging with media or, um, you know, magazines or whatever it is that you're reading that focus on general health, that mm-hmm. focus on, or if they focus on specifically the disease you're dealing with, that focus on people who got well, yes. not focusing on the side effects and the, you know, mm-hmm. all of the symptoms and all those things, but that focus on so-and-so beat cancer, you know, or general wellness that talks about, you know, eating green and cleaning up your diet and all of those kinds of things. So, um, it's a really fine line to walk, but I think it's super, super, super important. So we are, wow, running out of time really fast, aren't we? Um, the only other things I guess I would say, because we've got about two minutes left, which is really about 30 seconds, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is affirmation. Yep. Like we said, we kind of talked about I'm feeling better every day in every way. Um, really segment intending, which we talked about a couple weeks ago on our show, I mean, being really present in the moment and being conscious of how you're feeling so that you know you're, you're attracting a positive um, positive things. And then free paving, like thinking about, like we talked about, instead of thinking about, oh, I'm going to get sick, think about, oh, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to mm-hmm. feel better. I'm going to take a nap. I'll get up and I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. I like it. I like it. Um, follow us on Facebook uh, at Call Me Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email us. Call Me Crazy on Blog, on blog Talk Radio, Radio at gmail.com. Um, tune in uh, next Friday. We'll be live um, in a couple of weeks. We are going to go to a gong immersion, immersion yes. sound therapy. Yes. So we're going to talk about our um, experiences with that yes. and maybe have the host on our show. Yes. So stay tuned. This feeling inside my bones It goes electric wavy when I turn it on 
All from my city, all from my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. So when it drops, ooh, I can't take my eyes off it. Moving so phenomenally. Come on, like the way we rock it. So don't stop. I'm a night owl. You? Nah, more of a morning person. Do you like comic books? Hmm, historical nonfiction. Documentaries? Sci-fi. Window seat? Aisle. Beach? Slopes. Favorite color? Red. You? Blue. Hmm. Hmm. We all have different tastes. That's why Tim Hortons makes a rich, smooth, dark roast coffee served hot or iced. Try a small today for only a dollar plus tax. Tomato? Tomato. At participating U.S. restaurants, offer available for a limited time.